Peace, peace, family. This is your Black Tarus podcast, and I'm your host, Tangie. And yesterday, I gave y'all a podcast talking about finances and, in particular, investing, right? So what happened was, towards the middle, it um, it got muffled. The sound quality went down because I was driving. So I'm going to do a recap so that you guys get the full um, picture of what I was trying to teach you guys. Right. So, uh, well, this is obviously for people who don't know and maybe some tips for people that do know, you know, about investing. All right. So full circle. Here's the recap. I told you yesterday that we needed to um, we needed to if we were go, if we were going to invest, good investments would be going into the stocks, dividend stocks, um, ETFs, right, um, index funds, um, even mutual funds, Um uh, cryptocurrency, real estate, and and those were the major things. And then I went into the whole life dividend yielding uh, permanent life insurance policy with a with a rider. Now, the reason why we 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 want to do all of these things, because first of all, real estate made more millionaires than any other industry in the world. Okay, um, real estate is where it's at, and there nobody's making any more land, right? We can only find plots and and make houses, but nobody's making any more land. So, going to purchase you some land and getting some property is, is a a good thing. However, you get credits, and you'll get a loan much quicker if you're doing a USDA loan, um where you're going to grow something and, and possibly make money from it, or if you get a rental property. Now, why is that important? Because a lot of people want to get houses so that they can live in them, right? But you get renter's credit when you're renting it out. Why is that? Because the banks already know and can see that you're going to be able to service the debt because you bought a asset, not a liability, all right? So food for thought, anybody who buys a house to live in and they're not buying that house flat out, it is a liability, okay? If you buy a rental property and, you know, you're renting it out, that is an asset. What is the, why? Why do I say that? Because an asset is what brings you money and security. A liability is when you have to put money out. And why is it a liability? Because if you don't put that money out, you can lose it. Okay, so that is a liability. An asset is going to bring you money. A liability takes money from you. Okay, shout out to Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So, so that's that's in terms of real estate. Now, how did I tie all of these things into one thing for generational wealth for my children? What I did was I created a trust. Okay, you guys can do a, a, a irrevocable trust. Right now, it's going to be revocable while you're alive, but it, it will activate as irrevocable. If you take, you got to pay for it and have it done properly. But you um you create you an irrevocable trust, and then you go get it notarized. You do everything that you have to do. Make sure that, you know, your, your corporate documents can't be pierced by the government or whatever have you, right? Because you don't want to end up in probate. And everything that you do, your trust should be the beneficiary of it. Why is that important? Because if any one of my children, God forbid, decide that they want to get grow up and be a, a armed bank robber and be a jailbird or whatever the case may be, my money that I worked hard for for my great grandchildren that don't exist yet won't get squandered. 
okay? Because we don't want that. I don't want my kids to to be so privileged that they they run everything out, especially if they're not learning how to run and operate our family banking system. If they're not going to run it properly, remember, when you do this, you are the one that's looking towards the future. The kids are the ones benefiting from it. You understand? So they're not necessarily looking to learn everything that you know. And that means somebody has to be responsible for it when you go. If you got a child that's responsible enough, so be it. But if you don't, and I'm not saying, you know, all of us will or won't. I'm just saying, don't put too much pressure on somebody that's really not ready to, to handle generational finance because that it, it will hurt more if your kids screw it up than if you have somebody professional taking care of it. So be mindful, you know, when, when you're when you're creating your documents and who you're appointing as trustees. But I have my finances and everything, my royalties, my books, everything that I could possibly make money from, my bank accounts, brokerage accounts, all of that shit goes directly into my trust. Even my life insurance policy, my trust is the beneficiary of that, not my children. Now, why is that important? Because my children are beneficiaries of the trust and the trust has laws and rules. See, if I make them a beneficiary of my life insurance policy, guess what happens? I pass away, they get the money, they do whatever they want, possibly ruin it. And then it doesn't go back into the trust. But if the trust is the beneficiary, the trust is going to take a portion of that money, put it back into its own brokerage account because my trust has its own brokerage account as if it's a person. And it's going to put money back into that because that's my laws and rules. And it's going to give my kids a certain amount based on certain criteria. Because if you're not doing any, if you're not doing anything with your life, I'm not just dropping money in your lap. Now, if you want it because you want to go explore and you want to maybe, um, you know, try out, try, start a business or something like that. The trust is there for you. That's what it's for. You want to go to college? That's what it's for. You get what I'm saying? But what you're not going to do is take that money and take you and your girlfriend on some trip to the to Bermuda and you haven't done anything towards the trust. It don't work like that because my trust is perpetual, meaning uh, because it's perpetual, it's going to take care of my grandkids, my great grandkids, my great great grandkids, and it's going to stay intact okay and you know the way that I have it designed is so that all of the money I'm funneling in now is going to grow and compound over time not just my life insurance policy not just my Roth IRAs and you know all of the kids got Roth IRAs as well not just that we're not rich you get what I'm saying yet over a period of time it will develop and start to grow. You get what I'm saying? You, you, it, it, all of these things are going to mature one day. But I'm urging you guys to start now. Like, there is nothing wrong with you starting now. Never mind a recession. That's another thing that I wanted to, uh, to get across yesterday. We're not worried about a recession, and I'm going to tell you why. The globe is not concerned about a recession. It is the United States who is concerned about a recession. Not that we're not here and we don't have any love. All I'm saying is you can invest in international stocks. You do not have to deal with the crashes and everything that's going on over here because other countries are flourishing right now. 
if Dubai or whoever does not want to send oil over here, guess what? It doesn't mean that they're broke. You see what I'm saying? It, it doesn't mean that they're broke. So we can invest in international stocks. The thing that you have to deal with, though, is their fees, their international trade fees. So, like, for example, I have some gold, you know, overseas and the fee is $50. So if I and you can buy fractional shares. So if I buy $5, I got to pay $55 in order to get that $5 worth of shares because the fee is 50 bucks. That's kind of high. So you want to watch out for, you know, those types of fees when you're dealing internationally, but you're going to have to pay. The thing is, though, you don't have to deal with necessarily the recession here. All you got to do, and I'm not a professional, but all you got to do is pay attention to what's happening in government, what's going on in world news, what's happening with, uh, you know, the food shortage, what's going on with uh, crops, stocks and so forth. How is Amazon doing? Is it, are they booming now that the reg, other transport uh, services are have, have to, you know, shut down? Um, is the fuel really tapping into a lot of these companies' pockets? Like, what is, what is it, what is happening around me? That's what you should be thinking. And if you see something having, having a good spark or is doing good because other companies are doing bad, you need to invest in that, I, especially cell phones. Cell phones right now are at an all-time high in stocks. And I say that because with all of the all of the, the mess that's going on in our economy, people are trying to get in contact with one another all the time. Like there's really an all-time high on phones. Nobody is not is like not paying their cell phone bills. People want to stay in contact. People are afraid by and large. Now, some of us are not. Because, uh, you know, when you prepare, you, 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 you prepare to relieve yourself of fear, right? So some people are prepared, but some people just are not. And some people still don't realize that there's something happening here. So invest in cell phones, whatever cell phone you got, invest in it, right? If you got an Apple phone, invest in Apple. You got a uh, Motorola, invest in Motorola, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know that you got Dominion Energy, invest in Dominion Energy. If you got a General Motors car, you know, an Envoy or something, invest if you got a honda invest in honda invest in things that um that are being used right now because they're not going anywhere exxon mobile shell gas station these places are not going anywhere in fact most of the fuel companies have gone up so if you would have invested like a year ago you would have had plenty money um to rest on for the rest of the summer okay so that's what i wanted to come back and tell you guys a little more clearer because it, it was kind of like muffled well, not even kind of, it was muffled really, really bad. Um, and I just thought it was unfair that uh, you guys didn't get to hear the other stuff. Because I, I, I listened to it like three times to try to see, like, maybe if it's my speakers. But no, it was way too muffled. And it's annoying. After a while, I just cut it off. So I know most of y'all did. Um, but this is the information with um, with investing. So hopefully you learned something. Um, I'll just do another recap. Okay, I'm just going to say, you know, what the stocks are so we, we can know what we're talking about here. Index funds are, uh, if you if you invest in an index fund, you're paying like $1,000 and, and up in order to get a share of an index fund. Why is that? Because they hold like 900 companies at a time inside of that index fund. So... And some of them give dividends, some of them don't, whatever the case may be. It's a well-rounded portfolio in that index fund. You can do REITs, you can do, uh, that's real estate investments. 
you can do uh, sectors, all of that. Is You can get all of that, the whole total stock market in one index fund. So that's why the stakes are a little bit higher. You can do $1,000 for a share or you can do 5000 if you want it. And you can just let that portfolio just sit for five to 10 years and rest and, and mature on its own. ETFs are a smaller version of the index funds. Now, why is that? Because an ETF will hold maybe 30 right? 30 or more um, of a sector or of a total stock market, not 900, but 30. So they're a lot cheaper to get in instead of getting an index fund. An index fund holds like 900. So you're going to pay like a thousand. ETF holds like 30. So you're going to pay maybe a hundred, you know, up to, you know, a couple hundred dollars for an ETF. A dividend stock is a stock that pays you a percentage every quarter or every year um, in dividends. And that's their comp- the companies thank you for uh, believing in them, <laughs> whatever the case may be. That's their for their profits that they make. They give you a small percentage. Um, I've seen percentages as high as 3.8, you know, 1.99. I've seen quite a few high percentages with with dividends but you got to be careful with those because sometimes they're overinflated uh uh with whoever's reporting um and then there's your growth stock so we talked about those and then we talked about cryptocurrencies now i'm not telling you to to just jump out there and dive in nose first because the stock market cryptocurrency all of it is volatile meaning there is risks with every single thing that you do But I will submit to you this. You can be almost risk-free if you have a risk tolerance that you can deal with. And I say that because if $10 to you is not a risk, whether you lose it or gain from it, then that's a good risk tolerance. But if $10 is a lot of money and you're choosing between a mill or if you're going to bank on, if if this stock is going to go up, that's gambling. And you don't want to be gambling. You know what I'm saying? Because nine times out of 10, you'll lose everything and squander your money. So you want to make sure that your your portfolio is well balanced. You can have good stocks, bad stocks. It really doesn't matter. Um, What matters is what the stock market is doing and how you're paying attention to what's happening with these companies. Because sometimes good companies go down in stocks and sometimes not so good companies go up when those companies go down. So, you, you know, like when, when mutual funds go up or government bonds go up, the stock markets go down. When the stock markets go up, the mutual funds and governments, um, government bonds go down. So this is why, you know, when, it, when the stock market go down, the, the mutual funds go up. So you, you want to pay attention to how well balanced your portfolio is. Okay, and that, that's that's a good way to look at things, but you want to make sure you got quite a few streams of income. Make yourself a family-owned business, right? Pay your children. You can you can claim up to $12,200 in taxes. Well, especially, well, I, I think that's federally um, for them. That's, you know, tax-free or deductible or whatever. You can claim that. So you can make your children your employees, all right? And that justifies their Roth IRAs, to, to be honest with you. That's a little nugget for you. Uh, because an uh, IRA is for tax-paying citizens, <laughs> you know, people that work, right? Because they're working for to, to retire. 
So that justifies your kids' Roth IRAs, which they won't touch until they're ready to retire. Now, you want to make sure that you're you're doing your due diligence and you're doing your research. You don't want to just dive out there. If you have questions for me, um, all you got to do is ask. I'm on Facebook at Black to Roots. All you got to do is find my page and message me a messenger or whatever the case may be. Send me a message and I'll teach you what I know. But I can only tell you that like I have a certificate in financial markets. Right. So I do know a little something, but I'm not a professional. Uh, I'm not a professional. You know, it's, it's a lot that comes with uh, a professional, a professional finance advisor. Um, you know, they go through, you know, a lot of strenuous licensing and all of that stuff. And no, I don't have a license for stuff like that. All I can do is advise. Okay. And, and, uh, I'm not a professional advisor. I'm just somebody that knows what I know based off of my experience. Okay. So that's one thing. Don't forget, uh, CFBP, Google that and go and fix your credit. Every company that's on there. You can dispute every single company. You can freeze them. Uh, you, whatever you need to do, start fixing your credit. But it, whatever's, it, it'll give you a PDF that is uh, there for you to read. And it shows you how the Fair Credit Reporting Act is in your favor. So go ahead, uh, go to cfpb.gov or .com, whatever pulls up .org. Is green. The, the words, are, the letters are green, and you are going to go to their information section, and you're going to go down to uh, information PDF, whatever the case may be, and you're going to get the PDF, downloaded, and and read off of it. Every consumer reporting agency that the United States has is in that PDF. That's a nugget for you. Um, until next time, y'all. <laughs> Peace and love.